Business Class is brought to you by the Tourism Academy, harnessing the power of science, business psychology, and adult education to advance the tourism industry and build sustainable economies. Learn how to engage your community, win over stakeholders, and get more visitors at tourismacademy.org. Steve Ekstrom, host of the Business Class Podcast by the Tourism Academy, tourismacademy.org. And today's guest is somebody I've been looking forward to chatting with for quite some time now, Jeff Freeman, President and CEO of the U.S. Travel Association. Jeff, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. What did you want to be when you grew up? (laughs) What did I want to be when I grew up? Well, um, I grew up in Wisconsin. I wanted to be warmer. Uh, (laughs) That that was not the case in Wisconsin. So... um, Geez, what well, I, I had no idea. And frankly, I, I lived in a place where, you know, most people stayed there. Most people didn't go on to college. Most people weren't really um, spreading their wings. I wanted to get out. So grew up in Wisconsin, but left and went out to California for school, came to D.C. and, and uh, interned uh, doing some things in public policy uh, and then moved here and have been here 26 years. I knew I wanted to get out. I knew I wanted to expose myself to different things uh, and and see where things went. I've always had the perspective uh, that I'm I'm not planning on. I've got to make this step to make that step. How do I just do what I'm doing really well and see where where things go? And and so far that seems to have worked out all right. What was your first memorable travel experience? A couple of things come to mind. One. Um, you know, my family, we didn't we didn't take a lot of vacations uh, for whatever reason that may have been, uh, you know, disposable income or parents' jobs. Our vacations often revolved around my soccer tournaments growing up. I had the benefit of traveling all over the country for that, uh, going to Colorado Springs for a big tournament they had every summer, going to Virginia Beach, uh, going up to Toronto. That's how I got to see the world, and I'm immensely grateful to my parents for giving me and our family that opportunity. Uh, that's really what took us outside of Wisconsin and and probably um, exposed me to some of the opportunities that were available elsewhere. I mean, that's right. That's the beauty of travel. We give people perspective. We give people, I think, a degree of optimism. We give people a degree of desire. Uh, for a lot of folks that I grew up with who didn't travel much, the world we lived in was the world they knew. And for many of them, it's still the world today. So travel for me, I think, gave me the courage to try new things and expand my horizons a bit. What has been your greatest day at work? You know, I've had I've had a bunch of, of great days at work over the years. Uh, probably the one that stands out most to me uh, was after I left U.S. travel back in 2013, I had the opportunity to leave the American Gaming Association uh, and did that for five years. And one of our big causes when we were there was advancing the legalization or the, at least the regulation of sports betting something that had only been allowed to take place in Nevada. Uh, We worked very hard as a team to make the case for why sports betting should be regulated, why the federal government should get out of the way with its ban. And we spent several years working on this. And uh, we were waiting. The Supreme Court ended up taking up the case in December of 2017. And we were waiting uh, for many months to see what the Supreme Court ruling might be. And I remember it was a May evening and I was in Macau, of all places, where the gaming industry was thriving at the time. 
And we got the, at about 9 p.m. at night, we heard that at 9 a.m. in the morning back in Washington, the ruling had come down that the ban on sports betting had been lifted. Uh, unfortunately, I was in the wrong place in the world to to take advantage of that opportunity that we had just won this big case. So I remember racing back across from Macau to Hong Kong, uh, arranging a flight for 8 a.m. the next day back to D.C., but spending the entire night up and on the phone doing radio interviews, talking to Tiki Barber and all these other folks in the sports community about what regulated sports betting was going to mean. It was just a massive win for the industry, a massive win for our team, uh, a great exposure uh, opportunity. But it really, it, it's akin to what we did at U.S. Travel years ago and other organizations I've been a part of. We set out for a very specific goal. We we spent years and years working toward that goal. Uh, eventually, we succeeded because that's what the teams uh, tend to do. They tend to find success one way or another. And it's quite a rush when you get to the end of that road. Uh, and it certainly was that night in, in Macau and Hong Kong. What sort of win in the tourism sector do you think would give you that same thrill? Well, we've had some of those wins. Uh, so I'll look back and then look forward. Uh, two things come to mind. I had the opportunity to join uh, the Travel Industry Association originally back in 2006. And we set out a goal of creating a destination marketing program at the national level. And we spent several years working away, working away, working away at this. And in 2010, Congress passed and then President Obama signed the Travel Promotion Act, creating what has become to be Brand USA. That was a massive victory for the industry. It was a massive victory for our team. It felt incredibly good to get done. Uh, and we're very, very proud of that. We also are the organization that put forward the blueprint for what became TSA PreCheck. That too, for our entire team, was a massive victory. And to this day, every time I go through an airport, the ability to enjoy something that we as an industry, we as an organization created, man, that's fun. It feels, it feels consequential. So as we look forward, knowing that we can do these things, where are the opportunities? I think air travel continues to be a massive pain in the rear end. Uh, more than 20% of flights delayed or canceled. We're not providing travelers with the uh, reliability and consistency that they should expect. What can we do to improve that system? What consequential steps can we take to improve the air travel experience? That would feel really, really good, in part because it would be a success for the industry and in part because it's something we would all benefit from. So I think that would be really, really enjoyable. And I think the other thing that comes to mind, uh, harder to measure, but we've got so much work to do when it comes to proving the value, the essential nature of our industry, what it is that we do. We're taken for granted. We're taken for granted. People assume that travel is just going to happen. Why wouldn't it happen? That's why you know we are in an environment where we have 13-week waits to get an interview for a passport. We've got 500-day waits to get a visa to come into the United States. We've got two-hour-plus lines to get through customs. We've got uh, the flights delayed and canceled, like I mentioned. Why do we have all these problems? Because people take travel for granted. So what can we do to prove the essential nature of the industry? What are some of the mile markers on that journey where we see signs of success? That, too, can be really rewarding. 
I've never heard somebody mention that going through the TSA was a real joy and something fun for them uh, <laughs> until now, being able to make such a significant difference. How would you like the people on your team to describe you? Collaborative, ambitious, bold, supportive, empowering. Those are, those are words that come to mind. Uh, we aspire to be an organization that has a vision, that tries to do things for the industry that maybe the industry didn't even know it could do for itself. And we're only going to get there with a team that is aligned, that is rowing in the same direction, that is ambitious and bold. Uh, so to the extent that we're defining ourselves that way, the collective that way, I think we're going to be really well positioned. And we've got some work to do on that front. You know, I've been here a year now. Uh, and like for any new leader, there's there's bumps in the road over that course of the year, probably a few more bumps for the team than I would even recognize. Uh, but we're on a journey to to get to what I described. And that's um, uh, that's exhilarating for me as a leader, fun to be associated with. Who do you look up to? You know, I have... I'm very fortunate in that I have the opportunity to work with so many leaders across this industry and across other industries, from the gaming industry to the consumer packaged goods industry, where I was right before I came here, to leaders across the travel industry, uh, seeing how they operate, seeing uh, how they communicate, seeing how they empower people. All of that is extremely helpful, and I've and I've benefited from that tremendously. Uh, and, and those leaders are not. It's very easy to think of the corporate leaders in every instance, um, but leaders come in, in different stripes. We work with a lot of destination leaders, who I'm in awe of how they motivate their teams, uh, how they uh, bring excitement uh, to the industry. People like Cassandra Matei down in, in Orlando um, or Chris Nassetta at Hilton, who both have this ability to really get out there and get people energized. That's very different than what I might have experienced working with Procter & Gamble or working with a you know one of these consumer packaged goods companies that are walking MBA case studies. But you learn from all of them. You take little pieces from each one of them uh, that uh, that I hope we can apply here. The point is that we have to be humble and recognize that we're constantly learning. We don't have this thing figured out. And how do we, we, we're fortunate to be surrounded with some really compelling people. How do we take a little bit of what everybody has to offer to build the best organization we can? What you just mentioned about being humble and recognizing that you're constantly learning, I think relates quite a bit to the individual traveler as well. We've recognized that travelers have that desire for lifelong learning. How do you see us applying that in the tourism sector, in the travel sector, um, beyond just your organization, but and all of its different uh, stakeholder groups? One is that we've got to tell the story I talked about before. The travel just doesn't happen. It shouldn't be taken for granted. Travel is essential. So telling that story of what happens when people travel. How does it expand the mind? How does it become the gateway to, to relocating or to buying a second home or to exposing your children to something they would never have seen otherwise? What is the role of travel in the development of people, in the development of communities, in the development of economies? And I think 
I think we are only scraping the surface in really telling that story, having the data that we need, knowing the messaging that is most compelling. I think we're really just at the surface level on that right now. We've got a lot of work to do because this there's something special about the travel experience. We all know that to be true on a personal level. It's why we do it. It's why we do it with our families. It's why our families did it with us. How can we be even more effective at really documenting what that is and changing the way travel is perceived? I think that's the real calling for us. If you were to give a piece of advice to your younger self, what would you say? There's a lot of things that would uh, go on that list. Uh, and and it's funny, you know, some of the things I would say, you know, sound good in retrospect, but maybe at the time I, I understand why I may have been the way I was. I mean, one piece that comes to mind is the idea of patience, right? You, you're so quick, especially when you're more junior, you're so quick to think you understand the situation. You're so quick to think you understand why people are doing what they're doing. You're so quick to think you got it all figured out. And I think with time comes humility and understanding, oh, that situation was a little bit more complicated than I thought it was. Now I get why different players were were working the way they were working. So in retrospect, patience would be really helpful. On the other hand, and I recognize this in, in junior people that I work with today, I don't want to curb your enthusiasm. I don't want to curb your ambition. I don't want to uh, to change some of those behaviors that that patience sometimes might take out of you. So, you know, I think it's I think it's a, a double-edged sword to a degree. But there there certainly is, you know, page humility. Humility is the key. And it's it's um, certainly something I've learned comes with time. Uh, the more humility I get, I think the better leader I become, uh, the more open-minded I become, the more strategic I become. So uh, that's probably the thing that is most, uh, that, that sticks out most in my mind. What advice would you have for people who may be in school now and haven't thought about jobs or careers in the tourism sector or the travel sector. Or maybe they think about it, but the only thing that they think of is the, the flight attendant or the person working at the desk. You know, I remember um, I was talking to an old a person I used to work for years ago, and they were lamenting that uh, one of their children was newly out of school and she was in her first job. And she... Um, she wasn't getting anything consequential to work on. She was making copies. She was doing this. She was doing that. And my response a bit flippantly at the time was, your first job is is learning how to set your alarm clock and show up with a hangover um, and, and be responsible, right? It's not about doing all these consequential things. And I look back on that now, and I still think there's truth to it. I don't think there's a bad job out there. I've had a number of experiences in my career. Some I liked more than others, but every single one of them expanded my mind. Every single one of them exposed me to different things, gave me experiences that I wouldn't have otherwise. And my attitude has always been, even if I don't like this place where I'm at at this point in life, how do I find the two or three things in this situation that are going to help me do better in the next situation and the situation after that? So I guess my my counsel to people who are coming out of school is there isn't a bad job to be had. Everything is a journey to get where you want to go. That journey isn't ending at 22, 23, 24. You're in the accumulation phase. You're accumulating experiences. You're accumulating ideas. You're accumulating relationships. You're you're accumulating, and this is, at least for me, one thing I've learned a lot from, 
you learn a lot from what people do right. You learn even more from what people do wrong. And you're accumulating those moments of saying, man, if I were a leader, I don't think I would do it that way. I think this is what would resonate more. So I guess just being more open-minded to accumulation. Uh, again, I guess it goes back to, to being humble, recognizing where you are without losing your ambition, but recognizing that accumulation is what's going to enable you to be even more effective as you get down the road. What is the greatest misconception people have about your organization? The misconception may be that we represent individual verticals of the industry. And when I say verticals, uh, destinations or hotels or theme parks, when in actuality what we represent is every segment of the industry you can imagine, and there isn't much they agree on. Right When you start bringing rental car companies, OTAs, hotels, cruise lines, theme parks, airlines, airports, convention visitor bureaus, state tourism offices, there isn't a whole lot they agree on. The one thing, however, that they've always agreed on before, and I think they will continue to agree on going forward, is that we want to increase travel. Grow the pie so we can kill each other for share. And I think sometimes people misunderstand what U.S. travel's role is in the marketplace, uh, getting us focused on things that have nothing to do with growing the pie. Our job is to increase travel, period. If we increase it, you can decide which one of those customers you want. You can target different communities. Uh, you can build your own business plans. But really understanding that that area of increasing travel is the uh, the, the common cause that ties the industry together. Uh, is an important nuance about our organization. What is your favorite thing about your job? I've had the opportunity, uh, as I mentioned, to work in several other industries. Uh, before I was in the travel industry, I did some work in the health insurance industry, did some work in the pharmaceutical industry, have done some work in the gaming industry and the consumer packaged goods industry. Uh, I don't say this uh, to, uh, uh, to kiss anyone's ass in the industry, these are the people I want to work with, the people I get to work with, whether they're on the corporate side or whether they're on the destination side, are some of the most enjoyable people I've ever worked with. Um, uh, I, I try not to tell too many of them because then they'll realize that I don't want to go anywhere else. This is where I want to be. Uh, this I've learned how people in this industry operate, how they think, how they behave, how they take care of their customer. Being surrounded by these people uh, is what's really motivating, enjoyable. You know, there's only, wherever you work, there's only 24 hours in a day. And, you know, that means we're spending 8, 10, 12 hours working. So if we're all going to be working the same amount of time, I'd sure as heck rather work with people I like, uh, and people who motivate me, people who challenge me, people who excite me, um, than working with the other types of people. So the most enjoyable part for me is getting exposed to these various people. I'm off to Knoxville tonight uh, to give a speech tomorrow and meet the good people at Dollywood and across the state of Tennessee. I'll be in L.A. next week and Monterey later in the week, off to New York uh, the week following. So many aspects of this industry. Being exposed to all of that is fun. Being exposed to consistently good people is even better. If this tourism stuff doesn't work out, you'll find me in a bonnet making funnel cakes at Dollywood. Right. Well, there you go. Right. <laughs> um, I look forward to seeing Dollywood tomorrow morning. Um, Have you been? It's it's pretty I, cool. I, 
I haven't, and my wife really wants me to listen to this Dolly Parton podcast before I get there. So I've got limited hours here to, to take all of that in. Make no mistake, the travel industry is unique. The travel, I refer to consumer packaged goods as a walking business school case study. It's true. It's really complicated. It is. It makes your head hurt. Uh, it's amazing that they can take any one of those products they produce and make it available to you on any corner across America. That's special. But is it what gets you excited? Does it give you the, the consumer feedback? Does it give you the interaction with people? Do you get to experience it? This industry is special. And I think us recognizing that is step one to establishing the industry the way we want to see it established as essential. Once we can be better advocates or better at articulating the value of the industry, I think we're, we're better positioned to tell the industry's story. Tell me more about uh, who's listening, why they're listening, uh, the sure. value we get from this podcast. The realization was made shortly, you know, as we were coming out of COVID, there had become a gap in the leadership pipeline in the tourism sector, um, specifically. Um, workforce development has always been a challenge in travel and tourism, um, more so now than it had been five years ago. Uh, and and I come from a family of educators and and folks who, when you see an opportunity to make a difference, you you do it. Um, and you take that opportunity. And for me, um, this was an opportunity to show people that um, there are worthwhile careers, there are great career paths, and there are some really interesting people um, that you can get to know by working in travel and tourism. Um, that's where the podcast originated. Our audience includes travel agents, advisors, destination marketers, um, consumers. Uh, we have many college students and colleges that share our podcast with their students. And of course, travel suppliers of all sorts, you know, the activities and restaurants and hotels. And, and I, I enjoy opportunities like this. Let me know if I can be a resource in the future. And same to you. What we do here at the Tourism Academy is we find more efficient and effective ways to teach and train people. Um, we are a 501c3 nonprofit. So if there's some way that we can help and support you and, and what you do, by all means, give us a call. Thank you, Stephen. I appreciate it. Thank you for the opportunity. Thank you. And have a safe trip to Knoxville. Thank you. I'm looking forward to it. I'll look for a funnel cake. And if you see Dolly, then I I'm going to ask for an autograph. <laughs> you get the first one. Thank you.